This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by Charlie Part- Charlie, excuse me, Charlie Potter, a beat writer for Bama Online. He's going to fill us in a little bit about the Crimson Tide. Danny West also going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about this basketball game, but not too much, and we'll go into that here in just a minute. But a uh, big game for Arkansas against Alabama Crimson Tide to round out the regular season. We'll get into it. All that more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know about our current special going on. This is our signing day special. It's 60% off at HAWGsports.com. Another really good deal. If you missed out on our Cyber Monday stuff, then this is another great uh, opportunity for you guys to jump in uh, on another fantastic deal. And it is signing day coming up. It's December 16th. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like half of these guys are going to sign. There could be, um, you know, some signing day news as well. So you'll want to get in on that. It's just 83 cents a week. That's what it breaks down to for the 60% off deal. $3.58 a month and build at just $42.96 for the entire year. You also have the option of signing up for just $1. So if you want insider Razorback coverage, the best recruiting coverage you can get from our man Danny West, all the great stuff from Curtis Wilkerson, then sign up for our 60% off deal. You won't be sorry that you did. Or if you want to try it out just for a shorter time, see what you're missing, uh, then the dollar deal might be for you. But it's a great way to support what we do here. If you like the free content we do, uh, the newsletters, the the drive time, this show, what we've done with Hog Hoops Live, and we'll talk about that in just a second, uh, and you want to support what we do, then get something great with it also and get a 60% off deal. Plenty of ways to watch and listen. Of course, you can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet, just go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. Uh, be sure to, to follow the page if you haven't done so already and uh, and share with somebody you think might like it. Some of y'all got a dad out there or a grandpa who would love this show, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get on Facebook or, or something like that. So set it up for them. Set it up. They'll be glad that you did. All right. We're going to get to Charlie Parter first here, but I want to talk about uh, the basketball game just a little bit. And the reason we're not going into basketball a whole lot is because we've got a new show. And I'm going to link it up here. I'll be sure to do that. We just had the second episode. we still got a little bit of stuff to fight through uh, with the audio, maybe some soundproofing and stuff. But uh, the show's coming along nicely. It's hosted by Curtis Wilkerson, who's been with us about half a year. Got a great, great basketball knowledge. Bring stuff that, you know, that I couldn't bring. I'm a big basketball fan. I've mentioned that I coach my daughter's basketball team. I love playing basketball. But Curtis brings a different level of insight due to his background, you know, coaching on the NAIA level. Um, you know, being a former player there, an administrator also. Heck, he's worked in sports medicine, done scouting. I mean, he's done – Curtis has done a lot in a short amount of time. He's only 32 years old. Also worked for busting brackets, prep hoops. But you're going to be – you want to sh- be sure that you subscribe to that page. So the way Hog Hoops Lives works is it, it'll be on the same podcast channel. So uh, it's on – you, you don't have to subscribe to anything different. It'll be on Hog Sports Live podcast channel. Uh, it'll be – 
showing up on this Facebook page, just like it always has, uh, just like this show has, uh, but it'll be on a different YouTube channel. So I'm, I'm linking that above for people watching it on YouTube. Um, or I did link it already, I guess. <laughs> just got to remember to go back in time. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Go back in time and, and link that. So Arkansas rolls past Southern 79-44. Just another... Solid showing by the basketball team, a game that didn't look like they were going to, you know, have a midweek game. Uh, by the way, I should mention this also with Hog Hoops Live. We're going to run it after the midweek game each week. So some days it'll be on a Wednesday, some days it'll be on a Thursdays. Okay. And we ran it today, so you got a little bit of a double dose. But basketball team continuing to play strong. Not a huge game for Connor Vanover, but only played. I mean, didn't play a whole lot and still had nine rebounds and hit a three-pointer and had four blocks, three blocks. So, Moses Moody continued to play well. I mean, a lot of guys got in on the action. Devontae Davis seems like a guy that's maybe positioning himself to play a little bit more. Justin Smith, another, you know, just kind of quiet, but puts up big numbers. Solid numbers, I should say, consistent numbers. I could see him, you know, just really exploding and having a big game here and there. Curtis has a great breakdown of that, very long. Uh, also going into their their next matchup, which is Saturday evening, which was moved uh, against UCA, which UCA is 0-3. So jam-packed Saturday once again for the second weekend in a row. Switching over to football real quick. I mean, permanently, right? <laughs> we're going to talk about football the rest of the show, except for we're going to go into a little bit of recruiting stuff with Danny West here in a minute. But – if I had to guess right now, I think it's probably going to be K.J. Jefferson starting at quarterback. Felipe Franks has played this week. But I don't know. Ribs don't heal that quickly. So if it's – he wasn't able to go – you know, the more I think about it, like if he wasn't able to go last week, what makes it different about this week? Because ribs, they will plague you for a long, long time. I've had bruised ribs a couple of different times. And, you know, it's the same – it's the same diagnosis. Same, it's not the same diagnosis, but the same treatment for bruised ribs, separated ribs, uh, broken ribs, all that stuff. There's not really you, you can't like just put yourself in a cast. But two different times I've had it, and it's 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 lingered for a while. One time right up here. I mean, it was it was there forever in my you know 40s. <laughs> this one happened down here in my 30s, but my 40s, man, it took a long time. So this guy's young, Franks. He's you know in his early 20s, so maybe he has an opportunity to to heal up faster. But I could see them just going with KJ. I'm sure Franks wants to get out there at Senior Day. This is probably his last game in Fayetteville. I would I would strongly say that's probably his last game in Fayetteville. I don't think he's going to end up returning for a second senior season. So he's going to do everything he can to get out there, but. Uh, Kind of think it'll be KJ. Grant Morgan, still uncertain. I don't believe he has practiced so far. Grant's been a trooper. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. There's a lot of stuff going around right now that um, that Arkansas could be without uh, Julius Coates, that he's no longer with the team. There's nothing been confirmed with that. We'll have an opportunity to speak with Sam Pittman later today. But there is some stuff going around right now. Hope that's not true. This has been such a weird year with COVID. I thought Barrett Salee made a good point, and I don't. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Raheem Boyd specifically here, but he did make a good point in that if you're opting out at this point in the season, 
you're not opting out. You know, you're just, you're leaving the team, you know? So it's kind of weird how this is, has taken shape all over college football. And, you know, there's, there's a situation down at L, there's a lot of situation down at LSU right now, but one of them is Eric Gilbert, the tight end there, who was the number one ranked tight end prospect in the country. I mean, he's big time football player. He's out of Georgia, but he is, gone away from the team he's left the team and I, I don't know if that means he's coming back next year if he's homesick or if he you know what I think he told Ed Orgeron his body's hurting but and I don't mean him specifically either but the way the rules have changed lately with college football has given players opportunity and I'm all for player rights I've said that before but I just don't like the trend of college football in most years not COVID years where players are just redshirting themselves and opting or you know leaving the team and sometimes they don't even tell the coach. They just tell – they don't have to tell the coach. They just have to tell um, compliance, I guess, that, hey, I'm leaving. You know, put me in the transfer portal. So, things have changed. And I think, you know, a lot of kids, young men, have been misguided a little bit. And they think that they, you know, just enter the transfer portal. They're going to get re-recruited just like they were before. And that that hasn't been the case at all. Uh, you're usually not going to get as good options unless you're a quarterback. You're not going to have as good as, uh, options as, as you're – at right then so I just I don't like it I don't like the new idea that you can transfer without restriction now like you can just go to any school you want to and not have to sit out a year and the thing I don't like about that is most freshmen will want to transfer at some point you know whether it's homesickness whether they're not happy with their playing time it's not what they thought it was and they'll want to transfer and that's true of most freshmen throughout history and there has to be something in the way to deter them from doing that and I think it's not a perfect system but the best thing we have is well you can transfer but you're just going to have to sit out again so keep that I say but apply the new measure after two years after you've completed two seasons then you can transfer if you're not happy with your playing time the coach probably isn't happy with you anyway and would be fine with you leaving You've given it the old college try. It's time to move on. It didn't work out, but you gave it a shot, and you didn't just transfer because you missed your girlfriend. That's my opinion on it. I think we've changed too many rules too quickly. We don't have a control group. Anybody who likes science understands that. There's no control group to find out what works and what doesn't work. There's a lot of rules with college football. I don't like the – I don't want to get in, you know, dive into all this too heavily, but there's a lot of things with college football that I don't like. I don't like, you know, some of the things that have, you know, facilitated uh, making it where you have to run the hurry-up offense because, you know, or the RPO game. You have to run the RPO game because they're not calling linemen downfield. You know, there's no penalty for players faking injury, which, you know, that's the defensive response to how do we stop this hurry-up offense. Everything's been geared towards offense. Well, let's fake injuries. And you can't, like, say, oh, you're faking. You know, there's there's all kinds of things like that that I just don't like that we've gone with with college football. All right. I promise you guys Charlie Potter, and we're going to get to him. We're going to find out what it's going to take for Arkansas to beat Alabama. <phone rings> Whoops. Lost him. You guys didn't know I just leaned my phone up here, or did you? Works like a uh, charm. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello. Charlie Potter, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing real good. Uh, just uh, giving you a brief introduction here. So, how long have you been with Bama Online? How long have you been uh, the beat writer there for, for football and stuff? Uh, since the 2014 season. 2014. Gotcha. So, again, Charlie Potter joining us. And Charlie is going to tell us what it's going to take for Arkansas to beat Alabama on Saturday. <laughs> it's going to be a tough chore. I don't know if you, you follow uh, astro- astronomy much, but uh, this weekend there's a great conjunction happening where – Jupiter and Saturn are going to be as close as they've been uh, in 400 years. So there's that. What else? What else is it going to take? What other things are going to have to align for Arkansas to uh, to beat Alabama on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take some divine intervention. Um, it'll take you know, Alabama being hit with some you know, COVID issues, which it hasn't really had this season. I don't think it's going to have very many. Um, you know, it would, it would take – uh, a ton of turnovers, which Alabama really hasn't uh, had this season. Mike Jones has been very efficient with the football. Uh, I believe Najee Harris fumbled once, and it was the first fumble of his career, and it really shouldn't have happened. It was a, an instance where um, he had, he was near the goal line, and uh, I think everybody thought the whistle should have been blown uh, for progress. But, um, you know, forcing turnovers and, and you know, on, on offense for Arkansas, they're going to have to make some explosive plays. And, and Alabama's defense is improving. It still has, you know, some things it needs to work on. I think the safety play is still kind of a work in progress. Um, you know, I, I think they've been doing a better job off the edge. But in the defensive front, you know, just needs to show more consistency. And, you know, explosive plays are, are, are big. And, you know, that leads to – or that's usually a, a result of – you know, miscommunication, misalignment. We saw it a couple times in the LSU game. Uh, both touchdowns, actually, that LSU was able to score uh, were because Alabama was, was not doing the right thing and not lined up where it needed to be. So, um, you know, those things are kind of few and far between. And, I mean, you know, LSU scored you know, 14 points off of that, but Alabama was able to score 55. I think mm-hmm. if you look at, at last week, I know a lot of the points were given up in the fourth quarter. But uh, when you see Arkansas give up 50 points to Missouri, I mean, if you're Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, the rest of this offense, uh, you have to be licking your chops a little bit. So 
Yeah, it's it's going to take a lot. Um, yeah, I know that was kind of a long-winded answer, but uh, it's it's going to take a lot. So all that happens and Arkansas game. wins is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, even then, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I mean, Alabama's I know, done enough this season to. I think back to those like it can come back. Those years when Ole Miss had Alabama's numbers, and like one year they got like they forced five turnovers and still barely won the game. So. It takes a lot, and that's why Alabama is Alabama. Um, we talked about this a little bit in your uh, in your five questions exchange that we did with you, but uh, Alabama looks uh, like they're going to be pretty healthy. That would be another thing that would help Arkansas if they were if they were hit a little bit by injuries or COVID and stuff, but that didn't seem to be the case right now. No, they are pretty healthy. Again, like you, you never know what to expect this season, just with player availability because of you know COVID nineteen testing and, and contact tracing, and and Alabama hasn't just You've been open about that. I mean, last week they were without four coaches, and we didn't. We had a good idea of who, but you, you kind of wait till pregame warmups to find out and be safe about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that'll probably be the case this week. You know, they might be without players. They might not be. But just from a health standpoint and injury wise, yeah, they're in good shape. I mean, everybody knows Jalen Waddle isn't out there, and that's mm-hmm. a, a big blow to the offense. But they've still been able to survive pretty well without him. And then. You know, you look everywhere else, and, and they're pretty healthy. And, and that's that's big coming off of that LSU game because I think, you know, it's a, a situation where LSU didn't have a lot of hope going into that one. And mm-hmm. with it being a rivalry game and with everything was said last year, a lot of people were just nervous that, oh, well, LSU's going to do everything they can through an Alabama season and maybe, you know, force an injury, which, I mean, that's just hypothetical speaking, of course. And, and that wasn't the case. I don't think came out of that one. You know, healthy as can be, and um, you're just from an injury standpoint, they're in really good shape. So, a lot of people look for ways to find another coach beside Nick Saban to give SEC Coach of the Year or a National Coach of the Year award. But I actually, I think this is his best effort as a coach so far, and and think he deserves the award, and and largely because of how everything has just been held together. I mean, we see what's going on with LSU not being able to sustain, you know, losing key coordinators and things like that. Um, but Alabama just keeps on keeping on and, you know, losing to a tongue of Iloa and replacing him with Mac Jones, who I, I, I thought Mac Jones was pretty good, but I didn't think he was going to be <laughs> like he is right now. But it doesn't seem to matter, you know, what happens. And you'd mentioned maybe Steve Sarkeesian is a guy that, you know, when Saban does retire, whenever that happens, I mean, he seems like he's in great health and everything. So it's probably a long way away uh, that he might be a guy. Uh, but I just, I'm just, I think back to Bobby Petrino at Arkansas, uh, who had a great thing going for the Razorbacks, but he had his finger on every single thing. And when he left, everything just went haywire. And I wonder, is that the kind of situation that Saban is in? Or, uh, I mean, he kind of has to be because they have so much turnover. What's what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he is very CEO-like when it comes to running this program. I mean, even the game that he didn't coach in, the Iron Bowl, um, you know, he still did the post-game press conference. He still did all the media availability. He's he's that coach that's one team, one voice, and that voice mm-hmm. is his. And it, I mean, it is his program. He's been here 14 years now. I don't think really a lot of people believe that that would be the case if he took the job in 2007. Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the country, and uh, it's it's just because of that consistency and that sustained success, and you know, his process, his way of thinking is is the reason for that and you know I think just from this season I think that consistency that strong hand um, that willingness to adapt um, has been big because you mentioned LSU I mean 
look at all the opt-outs and all the issues they're having. Alabama doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it helps. I mean, winning obviously helps. You know, if you're on a team that's going to be competing for a national championship, you know, more often than not, you're going to stay along and, and try to win a ring. And I think that's why uh, a lot of Alabama players came back, guys like Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and Dylan Moses and Alex Leatherwood. But it's also because they know that they can improve their draft stock and benefit from another year at Nick Saban's system. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – very CEO-like in terms of how he runs things. And, you know, I never like to talk about, you know, what it'll, what it'll be like after saving because just from a, a content and coverage standpoint, that's going to be yeah. a nightmare. But, you know, right now, I think majority of Alabama fans, you know, if, if it were to happen at the end of the season, and I don't think that's the case by any means, but I think they would be, you know, more than happy with Steve Sarkeesian with the way he led this offense, with what he was able to do in the Auburn game. Um, I think they've seen you know growth and maturation from him. So that's just a, a name to throw out there. But I, I hope that's not something I have to worry about anytime soon. Charlie Potter. Charlie Potter. I have a hard time saying your name. Charlie Potter, uh, joining us from Bama Online, does a great job over there. They're also running a sixty percent off sale through signing day. So uh, if you're an Alabama fan watching, go check them out at bamaonline.com. All right, Charlie. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. All right, so we're going to move right along uh, to Danny West. Now, I think it's interesting, too, with Saban that when you're a coordinator and you come into Alabama, you don't bring your offense necessarily. You certainly don't bring your defense. You come in and learn their defense because everybody else knows it, so why should they all learn your stuff? That's Nick Saban's approach to that. Definitely a guy that thinks differently, thinks outside of the box. You have to be kind of a weird person like that's what I worry about Sam Pittman a little bit he's not I wonder if he's not quite weird or quirky enough you know like Eli Drinkwitz quirky weird you know Nick Saban very strange you know disorders socially I mean just like <laughs> I mean he's just he's just kind of an oddball you got you have to be like a workaholic you have to have some obsessive compulsive uh, disorder you know you have to have some type of neurological something off about you to be a f- successful football coach. You just do. It doesn't work any other way. I don't know why, but you just got to be a different kind of a cat. And, you know, Pittman's just a little bit different in a different way. You know, he's just kind of normal compared to all these other guys. All right, we're going to switch over to Danny, find out the latest in recruiting. Obviously, it is 60% off right now. Why is that right there? And uh, you, if you want to follow recruiting stuff, you want to follow Danny West. And Danny West is with hogsports.com, best recruiting man in the business. Been with us for well over a decade now. Trey Biddy. Danny West. <laughs> What's up, man? How's Cruton going? Cruton is good. Cruton is winding down. So that's always good. Um, yeah, everything's smooth selling at this point, buddy. Just getting ready for next week. How, how many guys are signed? At, there's 20, 20 commitments right now, I believe. How many How many are signed? Yeah, you've got potential for – well, we know Cameron Ball, mm-hmm. obviously, is still out there. You're expecting every one of the current commitments, so that's 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get Cameron Ball, and then I'm, I think there's a chance at a late surprise, so we'll see Wednesday. I kind of misspoke earlier. I, I was talking about enrollees, and I said signing. So, like, 
half the guys are going to enroll. That's right. But all of them are going to sign? That's correct. Yep. You'll have uh, 10 early enrollees. I don't have my list in front of me. I can spitball them if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Lucas uh, Coley, your quarterback. Javion Hunt, running back. Uh, Rocket Sanders, he's athlete. We're going to call him a wideout at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Keetron Jackson, Jaden Wilson. That gives you five. Cameron Little, the kicker. Marco Avant, uh, I think he is, as well as Chris Paul. So that means both linebackers. And you've got a couple more, Trey. You're going to have to forgive me on this. But um, uh, defensive backs, I think Jermaine Hamilton Jordan and Jaden Johnson, the latest commitment. So there's 10 there. So I think that's the accurate list. But that's good, man. I mean, you get shoot half the class in here early mm-hmm. that's uh, i think it's quite a bit more than they anticipated to be honest with you so that's always a plus danny west joining us again hawgsports.com for all of danny's uh content and it's about to get really busy i mean there's not a there's a you mentioned a surprise we're waiting on cameron ball obviously but after that i mean is it it's is it on to 2021 it. or 2022 recruiting yeah that's kind of what i've been focusing on to be honest with you um Man, we've gone, what, six months with basically the same um, core group of guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been on board, never had any drama, knock on wood. Uh, they've just been rock solid. So that allows you as a recruiting writer to kind of work ahead a little bit, put the hay in the barn, mm-hmm. and get a head start on 2022. So to be honest, uh, take nothing away from the 21 class. Hope they enjoy their day and will enjoy blowout coverage of it, but I'm excited to dive in to that next group, you know, simply because not to say I'm bored, but kind of bored with this group. After, <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of bored it, with it. it's just been so weird because, you yeah. know, I mean, you, you, you've traveled and met some of them. You did a, a great little deal with, uh, with AJ green running back out of, out of Tulsa. Uh, but like these guys didn't come on campus, you know, for visits and stuff. There's just yeah. the pizzazz of all what could have been with recruiting is, is kind of gone. But I'm anxious to see on the 2021 class or 2022 class, I always do that, um, you know, how that looks because Arkansas has obviously turned a corner. And, you know, even even the games, you know, that they lost, three of them anyway, were decided by a total of seven points. So the idea that Arkansas is, you know – can never be successful has been shattered, in, in my opinion, this season uh, with the three wins that they've had, even though it's just three. They could have won yeah. more. And they, I mean, there's obviously, they, they come from a pretty low place. So with this next group, with maybe actually finally being able to get them on campus, Sam Pittman can work his magic. Some of these uh, assistant coaches can work their magic. Uh, I think we could see a really good class. And it's, it's, pretty solid group inside the state and that's where it always starts that's where it starts right there so that's the benefit of it Uh, if you get well you've offered nine of them i think there's a couple more guys that are close so if you can get let's call it nine out of ten guys what they did in 2015 Mm -hmm. uh, and the one that got away was a really good one kj hill obviously the all-time leading receiver at ohio state that that worked out for him i would say so if you can go nine out of ten on a group like that next year, I think that's that's really good. You look at some of the Missouri classes in recent years, especially they'll have they'll ten, twelve guys and only get like two or three of them. Mm-hmm. And you try to put that in perspective where Arkansas, 
yeah, it seems like when they do miss an in-state guy, it's a really big deal and people are ticked off about it, right? But mm-hmm. when you put it in perspective, Arkansas typically gets the ones that they want, so we'll see if they can do it again next year. Yeah, uh, several mean, four-star types in that group. Yeah, Danny, I mean, if you want to put it in, in perspective, and, and I think Arkansas people look at Arkansas, you know, it's a smaller state and everything, so you really need to make sure you capitalize right. on guys inside the state. But if you look at them compared to – everywhere literally literally everywhere else year in and year out arkansas does an elite job of keeping the top in-state prospects at home yeah and that sound that sounds weird when you lose a guy or two guys or sometimes even three guys but when you look across the country it's not what you think it's not like everybody just taking and getting every single player that they right. want you know yeah yeah it's it's always tough though when when one of them does leave an lt or mm-hmm. you know kj or somebody that's a really big deal you said it best there. Yep. All right, Danny, anything else? You, you got any kind of prediction on this uh, Alabama game? I was talking with Charlie Potter, and I mentioned, you know, the great conjunction. Anybody who watched The Dark Crystal as a child knows what a conju- great conjunction is. But Saturn and Jupiter are aligning for the first time. It's <laughs> close forever in 400 years. And I was like, what else yeah. has to happen? <laughs> yeah, what else? Beat Alabama. That's a start, I'll though. I'll tell you what. Here's my thoughts on Alabama. No, I don't think it's going to be close, but it kind of bothers me that we spend so much time talking about Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and take nothing away from them. Mm-hmm. But here's Najee Harris with 20 rushing touchdowns yep. in nine SEC games, and nobody's talking about it. Yep. Drives me nuts, man. I know. Nobody's nobody's talking Pretty about him player. for Heisman at all, but he's running behind what Sam Pittman calls the best offensive line in the history of college football and the best coached that offensive helps. line in college football. <laughs> I don't know about quite that, but they're pretty darn good. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right, man. Yep. All right, buddy. I'll let you go. We'll see you. All right, appreciate you, Danny. Again, Danny West, VIP recruiting coverage at HAWGsports.com. All right, we're going to get to your questions now. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody real quick, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. If you haven't thrown us a thumbs up, like, or whatever it is on Facebook, go ahead and do that now, or a heart or a frown face, whatever you want to do, uh, if you like the content. If you don't, don't worry about it, but if you do, do that. And again, you got a dad or a granddad or something that would like this show, show them how to get set up on it. Let them them check out the show. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Plenty of ways to watch and listen. Of course, you can always tune in on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Throw us a thumbs up there if you like the content. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a like. Uh, excuse me. Throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find podcasts. And we're 60% off right now. Again, it's like 83 cents a week. Great deal. 60% off. It's our. That'll, we'll run that through... Through signing day, 10.59 p.m., we'll cut it off at that point. All right, questions, questions. Who's got a question? Josh Gar does not, but he tuned in from Emporia, Kansas. Welcome to the show, Josh. J.P. Gregory says, does Arkansas have a shot at any of the big, talented players that are opting out and going into the transfer portal? Also, do they have a shot at any of the highly rated players who are decommitting from other SEC schools? I think Danny kind of covered where things stand right now in recruiting. There's not a whole lot of spots left, and – I mean, you're going to have 20, as many as 22 guys sign with you. And technically that's 20, you know, 22, 23, because Quaylen Crawford also counts against the 2021 class, who's the wide receiver transfer from OU. I've said before, I think that we're going to see an, a higher tick of grad transfers, you know, due to opt-outs, you know, players, you know, kind of just 
following along that line and, and going ahead and transferring. Uh, players who have graduated, who had the option to return, plus guys who are juniors. So seniors who have graduated who wouldn't be able to return next year but can now, and then juniors who normally would have anyway. So you could see a really, you know, maybe a, a quarter a quarter more or half as more maybe also on top of, you know, what you would normally have with grad transfers. So I, I think that's absolutely something to look out for and probably a reason to hold some recruiting spots open. Patrick Graham Frick says, go Hogs. Lynn Meacham Well says, we were we will be there Saturday. Love my Hogs. Donnie A. Butt says, do you think we make a bowl game trade? I do think that they'll make a bowl game. I think there are enough out there. There have been some canceled. I don't believe there's any – tie-ins with SEC, but the last I saw had Arkansas going to Houston to play in the Texas Bowl against Texas, which would be cool because Arkansas plays Rice to open next season and then plays Texas in Fayetteville. So you get to play Texas twice in three games. You might play them under different coaches. There's been a lot of discussion about Tom Herman's job there, but that's where they have now. I've seen them before that, they were slotted to play the Music City Bowl, I believe, against Iowa, a team they haven't played since 1925, 95 years. And before that, I saw them picked in the Outback Bowl against Indiana, which Arkansas usually doesn't get considered for those bowls. Usually it's an Eastern Division team, but you know, since um, I guess it doesn't matter with tickets, then you can go anywhere. I mean, Arkansas could be shipped out just about anywhere. David Stauffer says, could this game set the tone for what next year might look like? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is not going to win this game, okay? It would have more than Jupiter and Saturn aligning would have to happen. So they're not going to win the game. But they can go out and show fight, fight to the end, show everything they've got. I mean, they're going to show up. I don't mean to say like there's 0.00 chance. There's maybe 0.001 chance. There's a, there's a chance it's just going to be – I mean, everything would have to go right. And Alabama hasn't lost to an unranked team in like almost 100 games. So they're due, maybe. <laughs> Diane Summers says, whoop, big suey. Larry Brown says, Trey, I'll be at the football game and going to the women's game Sunday. Would like to go to the men's game. Can't find tickets. List Larry Brown looking for tickets. If anybody wants to reply to him on this thread. Will Ritchie says, be aware of scammers, Larry. Public service announcement. Will Ritchie says, based on what we know, which seniors would be likely to return next year? Love the show. Keep up the good work. It's a good question. Let's see real quick. Let's see what we got. Look at these seniors. I'm going to go over them real quick because I've got an article coming out uh, next week, just kind of going into more detail. But Devion Warren's a good candidate to come back. Was injured. That's not how you want to enter you know, trying to get an opportunity to catch on with the team or stuff, coming off an ACL. Hayden Henry, I think, is a good uh, opportunity to come back for him. Ty Clary, you know, all three of those guys I just mentioned never redshirted, so they've just been on campus three and a half years. Dorian Gerald says that he's – you said in the beginning of the season this thinks he'll be his last year, but he doesn't have a whole lot of film. Been injured this year at times. Felipe Franks, I think, is probably gone. Jack Lindsay, I mean, it depends if, you know, what they do with the 85. If they have an 85 scholarship cap, then, you know, there will be certain guys that won't be able to come back. But Jack Lindsay, you know, he is the starting holder. He's 22. He's a fifth-year guy, so maybe he's ready to move on. Who knows? But, I mean, you can go to Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Georgia next season as team's holder. 
Tyson Morris, I think there's a there's an opportunity for him to come back if he wants to. Micah Smith's been injured all year. You know, hasn't played a whole, whole lot, so it might be a case if they have room or not. Grant Morgan uh, would be welcome back with open arms. Let's see what kind of knee injury he has. Obviously, you don't want to go, you know, talk about the next level with a knee injury. He is a fifth-year guy. Um, he'll be 23 next month. He's married. He's applied to med school. So there's all those factors, but – he hasn't played a whole lot during his career, you know, really just these last couple of years. Deion Edwards has been hurt all year, kind of the same deal as Micah Smith. A.J. Reed, do you want to have two kickers on scholarship? Could be a deal where, you know, is there room uh, for him to be retaining. You know, be, here's the deal also, like, they've got to do something with the 85 because you can't be like, yeah, everybody gets the year back, but we're capping it at the 85. So you get the year back, but you don't because the coach doesn't have room for you. You know, that doesn't make sense. So, T.J. Hammonds. Would he be coming back for his ninth year? Jonathan Marshall's pretty much gone. Myron Cunningham, I think, probably gone. He said yesterday, you know, that he hasn't even considered that. Blake Kern would be welcome back, obviously. Tight ends a pretty thin area. Xavier Kelly would be welcome back. And then you had, you know, Rakeem Boyd, Chapoisian Wanna, Jerry Jacobs. I would not expect any of those guys to be with the team next year. So that's all of them. There's 19 seniors, 16 who are currently contributing right now. Terry P. Roy says players should have the same leeway as coaches. Well, I mean, there are differences. I mean, like there's buyout clauses and stuff. It's it's a different deal. I disagree with you, Terry, but it's been a long time since we've had you on. Good to see you, I guess, even though you talk all kinds of crap about me. <laughs> Jonathan Mosley says – I mean, you talk all kinds of crap, Terry. Jonathan Mosley says, how many fake injuries do you count in the Missouri game? I don't know. It felt like like three of them. But back to you, back to you, Terry. Like what? I I just it's a it's a it's you know it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be fair to everybody. Okay, but if you do open the doors and you say freshmen can transfer willy nilly, then you're going to just see a ton of freshmen make their own mistakes and by transferring. Let them transfer after a couple years. You know, if you sign then that's a commitment for a couple of years. And I'm not one of those people who says commitment doesn't mean what it used to because like we were saying last, you know, earlier in the week, like if you break up with your high school girlfriend who you were once committed to, that doesn't make, that doesn't mean commitment doesn't mean what it used to. But I think there needs to be something in place to keep players on campus when they do think about quitting because they almost all do at some point their freshman year. So something in place. And for lack of a better idea, that's what there is out there right now. So I say you're locked in, you sign with the school, it's a two-year commitment. Unless you want to transfer and then you have to sit out a year, which still makes it a two-year commitment because you can't play for two years. Pat Graham Frick says, if you commit to a team, then show it. Give it a couple years. Give it. I mean, it's not even a couple years. It's a year and a half. Rodney Rose says, hey, Trey, question for you. Looking back at the season, how do you think? And you also, we also have to say this, okay? Like, again, all four player rights, but fans hate, hate, hate this stuff. They hate it. And to me, if the fans hate something about the sport, then it's not good for the sport. That has to be considered, too. The players are important. The people who work in and around the program are important. And the game is important. And the fans are important. All of those things, and they all work together, okay? I think it's a little short-sighted just to say players should be able to do what they want to do, and, and that's it. 
Rodney Rose says, hey, Trey, quick question for you. Looking back at the season, how do you think we would have done if we had played the original 12-game schedule? I think they would have won six. I mean, obviously there's three games there that they had a chance to win. They lost by a total of seven points. So they would have won six. Maybe they would have won nine. I mean, they would have won nine <laughs> if everything went right with those games that they lost then. I mean, they might do a 30 for 30 on Sam Pittman if that had happened. But I think six. I think they won the three non-conference games. Probably lost to Notre Dame. Derek Simpson says, quick, someone get Saban a Harley and a mistress. Derek Simpson says, less miles. See, that's the thing about Saban. He, he's not going to mess around with that kind of stuff because he, he, that's why he's Nick Saban. Derek Simpson says, less miles is quirky. Look where that got him. Yeah, it got him a national championship. And what he, he played in another national championship game. I mean, coaches get fired. Like, that's my problem with, like, the negative people that are just like, you know, always it rains every day because eventually, eventually they'll always be if they if you take that attitude, if you take the, you know, just the negative route on everything, eventually you're going to be able to come back and say, I told you so. And it's a miserable existence. But at the end, at some point, when a coach gets fired, when he's past his prime, when things just stop working, you'll be able to come back and say, I told you. So congratulations. But Les Miles won a national championship, and, I mean, had a good chance. I mean, you could say it's a pretty tough deal in that next year because they beat Alabama at Alabama, and then they made them play them again at a neutral site. That wasn't really, really fair. But Brian Malone says, do we have a chance for a bowl game of any kind? Yes, they do. And Michael Kevin Matheny says, let's go Hogs. And that is probably a good place to end it considering it's the last question that I have here all right everybody I want to say thank you to Charlie Potter who for some reason I have a hard time saying Charlie Potter doesn't roll off the tongue for me it seems like it would but I want to thank him for joining us of course and um, of course Danny West for his recruiting insight that's always entertaining and fun to listen to and sign up for the six percent off deal if you haven't done so already it's a great great deal and what else? Next week is signing day week, the 16th. So we're just six days away. So we'll do signing day shows, all that kind of stuff, get you ready for it. Um, but you're going to want to go to hogsports.com to get all your, your recruiting information and sign up for that 60% off deal. What else? Hog Hoops Live. Be sure to subscribe to that YouTube page and check it out here on Facebook. We ran it this morning right around 10 o'clock or so. Um, so Curtis Wilkerson does a great job covering hog hoops. That's the, you know, the stuff I said we have in store for you and stuff like that, uh, is hog hoops live. So that'll be running again every, every day after the midweek game this season and possibly a little bit beyond that. And, you know, who knows how we'll, we'll do things. So, all right, everybody, Arkansas and Alabama, Saturday, 11 a.m. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody knows that. But we want to see some fight. We want to see some encouragement for next season. And I guess we'll find out pretty quick after that, after the um, championship week, the next week, um, where Arkansas is going to a bowl. So, all right, everybody. Appreciate you for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Catch you next time.